You're listening to the Industry Alchemist podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. This episode is brought to you by OfficeChief.com. Office Chief exists to make moving your office easy and painless. Moving an office can be a big hassle. On top of running your company, you're thrown into having to figure out what to do. Hire space planners, furniture companies, movers, IT consultants, the list goes on. It only takes two minutes to create a profile and Office Chief gives you a step-by-step action plan and connects you with the top vendors in your market. Moving your office? Log on to officechief.com and make it easy. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. I'm also founder and CEO of OfficeChief.com, an online resource for businesses moving their office or updating their space. Hey guys, welcome to the Industry Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brower. Today's guest uh, got his law degree and MBA from CU in 2006. He then joined a large law firm right out of the gates. After realizing what his life would look like at a large firm, clocking billable hours that would eventually lead to becoming a partner, he decided to take a different route, which was the catalyst for his entrepreneurial journey. Uh, Now founder and managing partner of Doida Law Group, he and his team help their clients grow, finance, and buy and sell businesses on a fixed fee basis, which is distinct, and we're going to talk more about that. He's a husband and father of two adorable girls. Welcome to the show, Stan Doida. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah, and, and uh, Stan and I uh, actually, we, you and I have hung out quite a bit. Oh yeah, uh, outside of yeah, we originally met through EO yep. Entrepreneurs Organization yep. a few years back, and uh, gotten out for a couple New Year's Eve parties and yeah, one or two, yeah, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> but we try. My uh, family always leaves me on on New Year's Eve, and uh, I'm left to my own devices, and I get to call my uh, my single friend Matt and <laughs> get out to get out to something fun every now and again. I don't know if that's uh, a smart move, or uh, hopefully, I've kept uh, didn't get you in too much trouble. No, not at all. I'm a good boy. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So uh, I know that uh, something uh, that you. Some uh, way you operate your firm is very distinct from your, you know, most other law firms out there. And I want to really dive uh, further into that. And this is that fixed fee uh, service. Do you want to, you know, briefly talk about how, you know, you came to, I guess, yeah, just uh, let's dive into that initially and talk about how you came to Uh, that um, conclusion. So, uh, you know, post law school, I started working at a firm. I, Worked for some great lawyers, got to work on some good good transactions. But uh, I also did my undergraduate in economics, and so um, one of the things I noticed in the in the sort of business model of the law firm is the sort of disincentives or incentives or improper incentives that are there. And um, you know, one of the things that always uh, really kind of irritated me, and then it showed some symptoms as we dealt with clients, but you know, clients are trying to minimize cost. They're trying to maximize value, minimize cost. And meanwhile, you have a firm where, where generally speaking, a partner brings in the matter and then delegates it to his, his or her associates. And the associates, meanwhile, have a 
minimum uh, billable hour requirement that they have to meet in order to get raises, get their compensation, eventually be a partner. So there's these incentives for the lawyers to bill hours. Um, There's incentives for clients to minimize giving hours because (laughs) that's what they're, that's how their price is determined. So um, that always led to friction between the lawyer and the client. The client is is trying to, um, you know, the client might get a surprise bill one day, and and that really kind of all of a sudden wrecks the uh, the relationship with the the attorney. And um, you know, the the attorney client relationship uh, in its most romanticized version is this um, this is a sacred relationship between mm-hmm. uh, an advisor and their and their um, their client and. Very trusted, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. relationship. Absolutely. So, um, so what I've been focused on is trying to fix that disincentive, fix that, you know, inefficiency that happens. Um, so, you know, one of the ways that we're we're working with that is through fixed fees, where we scope out a project. We say this is how much it's going to cost, um, and then you know when the client agrees to that, um, they their incentives shift. They they've agreed to a price. Now their goal is to maximize value out of getting that price. So, right. what do they do? They engage. They ask more questions. They you know they they'll they'll think about things a little bit thoroughly and involve the the lawyer the counselor in that process more than they otherwise would have. And so uh, for us, and then on the flip side of that, that translates that 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 gets us to where that relationship is sort of romanticized where we're now involved and yeah. we know everything and we're we're on the pulse. That's great. I know uh, speaking for myself, uh, CPAs, a lot of CPA firms operate the same way. I think twice about, you know, calling and asking that question to, you know, my CPA or, you know, an attorney that I'm working with or something because I know just that, rational behavior. Right. <laughs> yeah, cuz I want to save the cost and I mean, if it's if I'm doing if it's something, valuable, right? yeah. Right. Exactly. But but the the thing about it is, um, the the value is not a function of the time. It, they're not related. Um, you know, we've we've certainly had situations where, uh, I mean, I'll t- I'll talk about both extremes. I, I've I've had situations where a client will present a fact pattern, and based on experience or based on knowledge of the law, there's a significant problem and it doesn't take research it doesn't take it just takes digging into the you know the the number of times that I've done this same sort of thing and the the things I've seen go bad the things I've seen go wrong things I've seen go right and to instantly give significantly valuable advice in a matter of seconds yeah on the contrary you know last night I spent 4 hours reading through 71 pages and, um, you know, there could have been moments where I'm fixing grammar, fixing where a comma goes, um, finishing complete, incomplete sentences or clarifying things. Right. That, you know, frankly, a lot of people, you know, the clients don't view that as valuable work. So, uh, so there's, I mean, there, there is value to that work, but it's not, it, it Far more time consuming. It's not the legal strategic more, yeah. uh, no, view that we no. expect. Yeah, exactly. No, it's far more time consuming to do that, and um, and so so th- those are just two extremes of where you can get million dollar advice in fifteen seconds, and 
pay you know five grand for you know a corrected grammar version of a, of a of a document. So yeah. there's a big disconnect there on. And so my my point is is that time time isn't the metric. Um, the value of the service is what clients are buying. They're not buying time. They're buying the value of the service. And so that's the big problem I'm trying to solve in our firm. Uh, you know, my, my sort of goal is to get us 100% fixed fee. We're, we're not there yet, but we're about halfway there. You're transitioning yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of uh, legacy clients that you've yep. had. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine, uh, you know, for one, it's got to be a very good thing for a client to know the top on the top line. This is how much this is going to cost me. Um, but yeah, it's probably it's very different than most law firms operate, and it probably takes a minute for you know get your clients to one buy into it because it is different and um, transition everyone over. It, it's it got to be a task. It is, it, and generally speaking, you know, um, the the uh, the price is generally a, a premium. So you know, you could you find a lawyer cheaper to do you know X? Yes, you can, because what you'll do is you'll say just do X. Nothing more. Yeah. But when you engage with us, you're going to start to open up the floodgates. You're going to... So, so again, the flat, the flat rate is just by its nature going to encourage you to engage deeper. So then it does take... Utilize your yeah, expertise more. Yeah, there is more, more. utilization. Yep. There's more value extracted. Right. And so, that's... Yeah. So, so what you're saying is it's not going to be a... It's not a flat fee based on some new associate's hours. Right. Uh, you're... You know, people... You know, it's the old saying, you get what you pay for. You're bringing the senior level expertise to the table and it encourages your pay structure encourages your clients to dive all the way in and use all of your expertise. Right. That's right. great. And, 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 you know, to dovetail with that, the thing that, um, you know, I've worked at several law firms, um, both national in scale and, and local in scale. And, um, not again, when you, when you're billing by the hour, there's no incentive for the business to actually develop in efficient processes. You're just reducing your revenue when you do that. Right. You're, you're cutting, you're biting your own hand when you get more efficient at doing things. So, um, you know, again, when, when we do this, we've actually now in, increased our own incentives to become efficient with processes. So, um, you know, we have a process for, you know, intake into our, into our, uh, into our firm, we have a process for getting, you know, say an operating agreement, a, a company, uh, a, a company set up. We even have processes for financings and M&A projects, and uh, it's just a way to help systematize operations that every other business that you know of does. But, right. But again, law firms, billable hour models don't always have that incentive to to become more efficient. So yeah, it's uh, similar. I would imagine to my industry, commercial real estate, there's, uh, we at our firm, you know, systematize, I geek out on that stuff. I mm -hmm. want to be the most efficient <laughs> possible without letting anything fall through the cracks. And actually the systematizing of it helps nothing fall through the cracks. Right, um, right. So it, it, it's amazing. I mean, you know, we've got, I, I don't know, um, 50, 60 different, you know, projects that are open in our queue right now but between the, the lawyers in my firm. And, you know, without a system in place uh, to follow up or to check in, I mean, it's just too easy for things to fall through the cracks right. if you're relying on your brain. I right. Mean, <laughs> 
we're not perfect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's great. So what, um, originally what, what draw you, what drew you to law? Uh, how did you go and oh. take, want to take <laughs> on the ridiculous task of getting a law degree and an MBA at oh. the same time? <laughs> that I, is... I did it the fool's way. Uh, the, the fool's way was graduating from college and not knowing what you're going to do and then applying to law school. And uh, I got in much to my surprise and was like, all right, well, let's go. And, and <laughs> uh, I, I went, I, I happened to have gone at a time where the, the price of law school was significantly different than it is now. It's, it's increased by about five or six fold since I, wow. since I went. And, why, do you, uh, why do you think that is? Uh, states pulled public funding from like, from CU, at least, you know, CU has gone from, you know, what was probably under 10,000 a year to, you know, 35 plus per year. Jeez. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what's driving that. There's, there's probably, uh, uh, you know, it, it's just a different decision. Now you can't go to law school the way I went to law school. It's right. not, it's not a, that's not a very smart decision. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have, uh, you know, um, anyone in your family that no, was a lawyer? So no lawyers in my family. My, my dad was a dentist and, um, he owned his own dental practice, which is probably why I ended up owning my own catching the entrepreneurial yeah. bug just saw what yeah. it was like you know um making your own destiny you know answering to yourself and um but uh yeah so it was just law was my was my craft you know dentistry was his and um uh, th- so that's that's what kind of happened i mean late in law school i realized that um you know that being a partner at a a big firm just didn't really get me going yeah so um so yeah so i i, my, I made my plan to Kind of get the experience from from good lawyers, good law firms, and then do it myself. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So, yeah. I, I went through the exact same journey <laughs> <laughs> myself, so I get that. So that's cool. What what uh, what keeps you busy outside of work? And I know you're very involved in kind of the entrepreneurial community here. Are you, you're still in uh, EO. Yeah, still in EO. Okay. Um, yeah, that keeps me involved. Uh, I do. Um, you know, outside. My family is young and growing, and um, they they are requiring a lot of time uh, and energy. But all fun stuff, you know. We ski on the weekends when we can. Uh, when it's nice out, I like golfing. And um, but otherwise, you know, uh, just staying connected in the Denver community, staying staying involved in the entrepreneurial community is always something I'm uh, just doing naturally. It's, yeah, it's just it's just part of my life. So, what has the feedback been? And I know you actually work with a lot of companies that are also in EO. Uh, what has the feedback been, uh, you know, regarding your different way of uh, billing? Uh, you know, I think, you know, for, for a lot of clients, when they, when they meet with us, especially if they're experienced with lawyers, uh, it may be too much of a, a shift for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they've, you know, it's just, it's just very different. They, they have to know how to use us for, Folks who are using lawyers for the first time or for their first big project or for the first time that they're paying for it, you know, right. they might have been like a, you know, somebody is, at a company yeah, that yeah, they where, didn't see the bill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just the CFO saw the bill that right. they're disconnected. Right. right. It wasn't really, it wasn't really their pockets that were affected by it. Um, they, uh, I think they really like it. They, you know, I think just like most of us, you go into a store, you look at a price tag, you make a decision. It's not like you're stuffing that under your shirt and walking out the door and trying to steal it. 
Um, and so speak for yourself. No, just kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> most clients, when they agree to it, they, there's, you know, they know what they're going to pay and they pay it. Right. Um, the alternative when they're given a rate per hour and they say, here's your, your fee is going to be X times my hourly rate. I don't know what X is going to be. Mm. Um, it results in, like I said, a lot of friction between the client. It, re- it results in a lot of unpaid accounts receivable for law firms. And um, so uh, so I think, you know, the, the clients who appreciate it, uh, they might even at first say, wow, you know, another lawyer quoted less than you for this. And I, and I explained this incentive thing and that they're going to engage more. Then they engage more. And, you know, from what I see, we have raving fans about about what we're doing and the fact that we're, you know, handling everything that we say we're going to handle and there's no, like, marginal cost for, for these little things that add up. Right. Those are the, those are the killers that you get the bill. Right. It's like, wait, right. why am I paying? <laughs> why did I pay for this email? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. didn't ask for a five-page email. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think anybody who's consumed legal services has probably been there. Yeah. And, and they don't know what is happening behind the law firm veil. Well, I kind of told you what's happening. Yeah. There's, there's incentives for associates to get their hours up so they right. get their, their bonuses. Um, and I love how just open you are about, hey, we're not, you're, we are not going to be the, you know, the cheapest guy in the block, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't have a problem with that. It's kind of like uh, I got LASIK surgery what probably 12 years ago mm-hmm. and so I you know did all the research and I went and checked out a couple and you go from you know buy one get one free LASIK <laughs> eye surgery I, I, I literally I'm not going to mention the company but I went and sat in the waiting room just to see the patients yeah because these are my eyes I was yeah freaked out <laughs> and they were coming out of the out of the back room just in oh, complete angst. And, oh, God. You know, it was awful experience, I could tell. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go. So I ended up actually that going with the most like, expensive yeah. guy I could find. <laughs> that seems like the type of thing not to cheap out on. <laughs> exactly. Well, so is law. So Yeah, it certainly can be. There can certainly be some big mistakes for not, not thinking about things the right way or not, you know, just acting first and, and you know, not not understanding what you're doing. So, right. Yeah, I mean, what I view what, we're, what we do as... You know, in a lot of cases, it's helping clients understand risk. We live in, you know, there's not, there's not a situation where you can, you know, d- get rid of all the risk in the world. There's always going to be some risk. And so our, our job is to help clients understand that risk and figure out what risk they can tolerate and what risk they're not willing to tolerate and see if we can fix the stuff that's intolerable. And if we can't, you know, then... They have to make a decision, but right. that's uh, but that's really all I think you can you can ask for in in um, uh, in that sort of an analysis at least. And then, uh, but yeah, like you said, I mean, big mistakes for uh, for doing things. Ro- there can be big consequences for just doing things wrong. It doesn't matter what area of law it is. It's there can be big consequences. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the job uh, you do is mitigating risk as much as possible. Yeah, yep, and and understanding and and just you know. Uh, allocating, allocating yep. who's taking it, who's taking the risk. So yeah, and you know, I have, we have a ton of mutual friends that have used you. I have personally used you on a couple projects. You guys do great work. Well, and, thank you, uh, thank you. That's for my that. personal endorsement. Thank you for that. Thank um, you for that. So you tell us again. You you help businesses 
Yeah. Uh, so I say we help businesses grow, finance, buy and sell, biz- and buy and sell businesses. And, okay. and really, what that is is it's three kind of buckets of work. One is the growing is what I would call corporate law. It's it's everything from nuts and bolts, getting your company set up, getting your partnership arranged, getting you know your your founder agreements together. Um, you know, understanding stock plans, just you know corporate nuts and bolts. Um, the finance piece is raising money from investors. You know, we, we represent folks who are at seed stages raising, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars from friends and family, angels, investors, uh, to, you know, hedge fund managers, you know, trying to raise a hundred million. Yeah. Close out a series D or something like yeah, that. So, yeah. So, uh, so it ranges quite, quite, um, quite a lot there, but, uh, those are fun projects. And then our, I think our favorite projects are buying and selling companies. Um, particularly the, the selling of companies is, it's always a stressful one, but it's, uh, it's, it's always really rewarding to be a part of uh, a team that helps an entrepreneur basically kind of cash out and realize some, I mean, hopefully some wealth or some, some significant, uh, dollars because, you know, you know the entrepreneurial life. It all a lot of the times, all your money exists on paper in a balance sheet that is yep. not like you can't just all of a sudden take it to Wells Fargo and yep. and, and retire. Cash out, right? and so peace out. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, it's not easy to sell a business. I mean, it, for those who are able to sell a business, I congratulate you because uh, it's it's not easy to get there. It's very difficult to build a business that's one transferable and then two find a buyer. Yeah. And then get the deal done because, um, you know, but, you know, that, that's fun for us. We're, we're kind of in the last 90 days of that, of that period and there's emotions running every which way. And right. hopefully at the end there's a nice little uh, celebratory moment of, yes, we, we did got it. it. We did it. E- yeah. even, even us, we're like, we're stoked around the office when we, get, when we get a closing. Like it's just a huge release of adrenaline for us. So Have you had anyone... Uh, take you on their new yacht after you help them <laughs> peace out and cash out. Not yet. You guys, I hope you're listening. Come on, out there. if any of Stan's clients are listening. <laughs> I need that yacht trip. Maybe me, maybe I will yeah, someday. Uh, Brower's coming too, so. <laughs> um, so in, a, in an economy like this, at yeah. least in Denver anyway, yeah. things are like just ridiculous, busy, everyone's doing well. Mm-hmm. Things are just buzzing. What uh, what keeps you? What's keeping you the most busy right now? Is it is it uh, companies that are selling? Is it is it companies that are raising capital? What it's everything. Yeah. I mean, it's new businesses starting up. It's you know businesses that want to take on some more capital or, or trying to get some of that investment dollars that are floating out there. And then um, you know the buying and selling as well. I mean uh, the 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 buying market is 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 still. Um, you know, pretty seller favorable in terms of, uh, in terms of what's out there. And, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's all like at, you know, high levels of volume. So yeah. there's lots of, there's lots of activity. Things are cranking. People yeah, are doing yeah, shit. Yeah. It, it, it just, you know, <laughs> makes me wonder when, <laughs> right. what's, what's going on, but it sounds like it, we still got some, we got some runway out there, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, Denver is going nuts. I mean, there's just, there's so much entrepreneurship happening here, yeah. uh, between here and Boulder and even Fort Collins now. Um, it, there's just, there's tons of entrepreneurs. They're flocking here. They're flocking here from the coast. They're, right. 
It's the one thing I love about being here uh, in in the metro Denver, the Boulder area is just so uh, helpful to the entrepreneurial spirit. If somebody wants to step out, take on, take, you know, some dream of theirs, mm-hmm. see, make a go at it. Like there's so much support here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's lots of resources, that, lots yeah, exactly. of people that have been through it. And, yeah. just, and you know, Denver's always been a, uh, I don't know, like the people I feel are just generous here. They're kind and outgoing. And so, you know, when you reach out to somebody who's Who's uh, got some experience that you may need? Uh, my experience has been that they're 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 generous with their time and their their knowledge and their experience. Right. Yeah. That's so. yeah. That's great. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here, okay. and I know that you know this is something I geek out on and okay. love uh, in my life is travel. Mm-hmm. I know that you went. Was it about a year ago? Maybe not quite to Japan. Oh yeah, it was last was summer. Yeah, it was about you've eight. ever been on her. Uh, it was definitely up there. I mean, it was definitely a, a big. A uh, very cool trip for me. I mean, I'm half Japanese, so that was yep. like getting getting back to the roots there for a little bit. My my whole family is Japanese here, so um, so for me that was just uh, uh, you know going going to see you know where the roots roots yeah. came from. And Had you been there before? No, 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 I'd never been to Asia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a fun trip. We did my wife and I did twelve days, no kids in Tokyo and Kyoto, and uh, uh, it was wow. it was a blast. We had a good time. I think the highlight was uh, uh, go karting in downtown Tokyo in uh, in Pikachu costumes, or what was that? No, I was a minion, and Maggie was uh, was Olaf. We had like these mascot <laughs> costumes on. I it think was, I saw it a picture hilarious. of that. Actually. So fun, <laughs> on so your much social fun. Media. Uh, actually, the last podcast episode we recorded, uh, that came up. I, oh, really? I just asked, because this guy's been lived all over the world, been all over the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve, and he, uh, I asked him what his favorite place was, and he said Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's, yeah, it's, it's, a yeah. Different, it's a different world. It's a different world. I can't wait to make it there soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it, uh, I've heard it's super pricey. Is that true? I didn't no? find it to be... Pretty, crazy. pretty normal to yeah. I mean, what we're used to. It almost. It, I mean, Denver felt as expensive as. To, I mean, getting there is expensive. Yeah, and um, you know, there. I mean, it's it's probably slightly more expensive than Denver, but I didn't find it like I was expecting it to be. You know, bankrupting type of uh, cost, but it, right. it, it really wasn't. Oh, that's good um, to hear. Yeah, it wasn't I've always been hesitant just because people have told me that. Nah, you can you it's can good find. To hear. You know, I will tell you, I had one piece of sushi, one piece of sushi at the fish market for fourteen dollars, but uh, that was uh, that was a little pricey. Was it? It wasn't that Michelin star. No, it, no, was, it was, okay. no. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, Jiro. Jiro, uh, that's yeah, right. No, yeah. it was. Uh, um, just at the fish market, but it was like uni, which is like sea urchin, and it's, you know, it's just expensive. But yeah. <laughs> probably the freshest sushi that know. anyone I, will I, ever I, eat. I, I tried it. You know, uni's like this big delicacy, and I don't know, man. I've had it a couple of times. It's just not the right texture for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've heard it. You either love it or hate it. Yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah no, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. There were certainly places where you could blow a lot of money, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. that's everywhere. That's yeah. everywhere these days. That's cool. Yeah, I'll make it there someday. Yeah. So um, I know that I'm going to shift now into like rapid fire. I want to get to know you okay. a little more. Listeners get to know you a little more okay. personally. Um, I know that you, uh, a couple of years ago, started this thing called Miracle Morning. Tell mm. us about your morning routine. Are you still doing that? Uh, yeah, I've, I, I definitely try to. I, I'm pretty good with it most mornings. A couple of the routines have fallen off, but... 
Uh, yeah, the miracle morning, just the concept of kind of getting up and starting your day. Um, uh, it starts with meditation. So, uh, you know, every morning I get up and I do 10 minutes of meditation. Um, and then I do some journaling. Um, I'll write about, you know, kind of getting some objectives done for the day, some things that are on my mind, and just spew them on paper for 10 minutes. Get them out of your head. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's actually quite cathartic. Once you start getting in the habit of journaling, um, you know, I've got, I don't know, a dozen journals completed. It's it's really fascinating going back and getting into your own head, you know. Oh, you'll go back and read them. Oh, yeah, occasionally. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. yeah. Um, especially like particular moments in time, like, you know, when, when you can remember where, you know, something was either happening really great or really bad, or you're going through something and you can go look at what was going on. And it's just, it's amazing to see your own perspective change on things over time. Um, there's a affirmation and visual visualization piece, which has probably fallen off a little bit for me, but, um, what does that look like? Oh, well, so the affirmation piece is just kind of um, uh, telling yourself good thoughts, thinking good thoughts, um, and then visualizing. So visualizing an outcome. Uh, there's, a, there's a famous study of um, <clears throat> people, uh, like, so there's, there's, two, there's three groups. A group who practices darts, a group who visualizes practicing darts, and a group who doesn't practice darts. And the, the group that visualized practicing darts scored as well as those who actually practiced darts. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. So, uh, so visualizing, you know, is just a, it's, it's an important way to get your brain, you know, thinking about the outcome that you're trying to achieve and sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, manifesting your own, you know, your own reality there. So, yeah. um, and then exercise. Uh, so the, the, you know, the, one of the last pieces is kind of just getting some exercise for the day. I think I caught all of them. It's like savers, um, silence, affirmation, visualization. Uh, oh, and reading, yeah, reading, oh, okay. reading, like, you know, reading something. So, so yeah, a couple of those pieces I don't, with the two girls at eight and five, I gotta get up <laughs> and, you know, it, it, your attention gets yeah. thrown every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've fallen sense. off on a couple of those things, but, um, but yeah, I still do. I still am up every morning meditating, journaling and, and try to get some exercise and all that stuff. So. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you're, uh, you geek out on system systemization. What, uh, what's your favorite technology that makes you more efficient? Um, gosh, I don't even know anymore. There's too much. I got to shed some to... Everything you do is technology? <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, uh, you know, I, I really watch, like, how much time I'm looking at the phone because that just that reaction of, like, looking at the phone. I mean, the phone or the, I, the iPhone in and of itself has probably been the most efficiency-driving thing, but it's also, like, just the biggest curse in my life, too. Right. So easy to <laughs> pop on there. And, yeah. Sure, and, like, all of a sudden, you're back into work, right? Um, right. But, uh, you know, for, for us, um, uh, systematize-wise, I mean, in our office, we, we, use a, uh, we use a CRM to help us with both intake and project management and delegation. So that, I think, is probably the most critical thing that we're, we're doing in terms of um, technology and yeah. what's, what's paying the most dividends. Which yeah. CRM do you use? It's called Insightly, but I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know that that matters. Okay. I think really it's, just the, it's CRM. the process yep. of doing Creating that. a process. I don't, you know, I'm sure you can find, I have colleagues who are lawyers that, um, you know, we've, you know, consulted about this and they've, 
they ultimately have said, yeah, I need to get a CRM. And they'll choose something different, and, and that's fine. It, it, it'll work for them. It'll work for their process. Right. I think it's really more about just having the process rather than what does it. But, Fumbling through it and relying yeah, on your brain, yeah. Yeah, as so, you said earlier. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, g- good is good is better than perfect in, right. in business, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, are there any... Um, books that you've read over the years that's like Mm -hmm. uh, have been super impactful for you um yeah yeah i mean uh some of the classics i mean you know we we were talking some of those aspects of the miracle morning come straight out of uh uh, think and grow rich by napoleon hill which is an oldie but a a goodie but yeah yeah it's it's tough read it's a tough read it's like written in like you know early 1900s English. Yep. and uh, I think I, I did that one on Audible. Yeah, it's a tough read, but it's yeah. really good stuff in there. Um, uh, let's see, what else? You, you know, um, for networking, I remember reading Never Eat Alone, and that huh. really kind of helping me get going with meeting people and getting, you know, developing a network. And um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I've read. Uh, the, the other one that I... I I find myself recommending to clients very frequently, especially if they're in a either contentious note negotiation, maybe an adversarial situation, maybe they're firing somebody, maybe they're trying to like, you know, break up with their partner, something like that. There's a book called Difficult Conversations hmm. um, that I think is just fantastic at helping somebody critically think about how to communicate in that situation because it's so volatile. You say the wrong thing and next thing you know, um, emotions are high again and we yeah. can't get any rationality. And this is personal table. or uh, business. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, you, you could use it for discussions with your spouse or whatever. I mean, it's all, it's great stuff. It's Does it help stuff. negotiating with a five or eight year old? <laughs> I wish, I wish, <laughs> I wish. It pro- there's probably some <laughs> gems in there that might help. Uh, the other one that I've, I read recently, which is called, uh, and, uh, is, uh, it's called Never Split the Difference. It's a, it's a negotiation book about yes. written by a, a, you know, the, uh, like an ex hostage negotiator. Yeah. Hostage negotiator. I, uh, what did I, I think I've, again, on audible, I'm about halfway through that yeah. book. I need to, it's been a while actually. Yeah. I need to finish that. Yeah. Spo- spoiler alert listeners. The, the, the truth about like difficult conversations and um, and negotiating and all that is yep. listening. It's it's yeah. listening. You have right. to listen. You have to understand the other person's side of things and and just open them up. Make sure that they're heard mm-hmm. and they can hear your message. So yeah, it kind of creates yeah. a space. Yeah. that something can actually get done. Yeah, which yeah. is tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, you got two ears, one mouth. That should be the ratio of talking to listening right so. yeah that's great well before i forget uh uh and this has been an incredible conversation uh how can uh, if the listeners want to reach out to you uh you know maybe oh, ask yeah. for your advice maybe um you know talk about becoming yeah. a client how can they reach you yeah uh you know and we 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 give all you know prospective clients a free consultation so 45 minutes i mean it's not a situation where i'm pitching you it's a situation where we're talking about your problem. We're talking about how we would approach that problem. And uh, we're giving you some real valuable st- strategic advice. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can call our, call our office, 720-306-1001. 
Uh, you could email us. Uh, my email is stan at doidalaw, D-O-I-D-A-L-A-W.com. Um, yeah, or, you know, Jenny in our office will, will get us set up and, and, and we'll, we'll see how we can help. Great. And uh, what's your website? Oh, yeah, www.doidalaw.com. That's D-O-I-D-A, law.com. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, I uh, remember when you just said something, I remember, oh, my God, when I asked you about, hey, I'm going to f- uh, form this partnership to invest in some real estate, uh, you said, uh, you asked me a couple things. Have you thought about X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, oh, my God. I thought I was super intelligent. No, I didn't think about any of that. So, <laughs> Well, it's not your, I mean, you know, you, you know, you don't you don't see all these things. You don't you don't run through these things all day. That's yeah, what we exactly. Do. So it's, yeah. so it's not, it doesn't mean you're not doesn't mean you're not intelligent. <laughs> I know otherwise. <laughs> well, thanks again, Stan. Hey, this thank, has been awesome. I appreciate you, for you me. taking the time. And uh, this is best. great. Thanks, guys. <laughs>